What is up, everybody? It's me. It's me. It is Mr. Sensational Gino V, Mr. Sensational Gino Vega, coming to you, the tens of ones in the listening audience, with a very special episode, 97 of the podcast. And I hope I have that right. It says MSGV97 up at the top of um, the audio file that I'm using to record this episode. But I don't actually remember changing the name. But I do remember sitting down and seeing that the file was MSGV96 and thinking to myself, when I begin speaking, I'm going to cite the fact that we are now on episode 97. And I look back and it looked like 96 was the last episode of the podcast. So I hope I'm getting this right, everybody. If not, then it is, uh, what, um, episode 98. But I believe it is episode 97. We're going to call it episode 97. It doesn't really matter anyway. Um, folks, it has been a while. I was on a yet another, yet another two-week layoff. I was um, taken out by the holiday season. I believe one week... Um, it was right on the heels of Christmas and there was still a bunch of stuff going on and I just could not get it together to, uh, get an episode out to you. And then what happened after that? Um, oh, we went on a family trip to Disneyland, which we're going to talk about in a moment here. But due to that family trip, I was away from the blue snowball microphone that is in fact orange. And I was unable to uh, record myself speaking. But now here we are, finally, finally, with the 2022 holiday season in the rear view. And I say finally not because it was necessarily a bad season here in the Vega verse, but it was a very drawn out holiday season. And I guess that's what we can begin talking about today. On very special episode 97. Before we do, I will just give a quick reminder that you are, in fact, listening to the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast on the IC Robots Radio Network. If you are somehow, perchance, listening in a vacuum, we are a show wherein myself, Mr. Sensational Gino Vega, a very ordinary, average, uninteresting, Middle-aged individual plums the depths of my soul, the depths of my psyche to recycle some of my mundane experiences into content for you, the listening audience, uh, offering you takes, thoughts, tales that you didn't ask for, that you don't need. But if you're listening to this, hey, you're going to get them anyway. And we do all of this from our perch at our home on the IC Robots Radio Network, the IC Robots Radio Network being the brainchild of none other than an individual named IC Robots, the mastermind behind our flagship uh, show on the network, The World's Famous Show. The World's Famous Show, a show that just this week dropped a new episode for the first time in a while. However... I see robots, the uh, aforementioned station boss and uh, mastermind, did not present this latest episode because he has uh, some kind of a mysterious ailment has befallen him, and he is under the weather. 
So in his stead, Derek, of The Derek Show, another um, another uh, brand on the network, uh, as it were. Derek of The Derek Show presented. So go, if, if you have not yet listened to the most recent world's famous show, hit pause on this. Search out the IC Robots Radio Network feed on whatever your preferred podcasting platform may be, whether it's Apple Podcasts, whether it's Spotify, whether it's... Does anyone else even get any podcasts from any other sources at this point? I don't know. I do not know. If you do, Godspeed. You, the users of the Opera browser, use whatever podcasting platform you happen to prefer. Look up IC Robots Radio Network and you can go check out the most recent episodes that you may have missed. And if you hit like, hit subscribe, you will continue to get all of the wonderful content that comes down the pike. But that's enough housekeeping for now. Continuing on with episode 97. As I was saying, the holiday season was an extended one here in the sensational household this year. Uh... Our children, this is the last year they're both still in, um, what's it called, secondary school? Is that high school? Yeah. What do you, if elementary school is primary school and high school is secondary school, what is college and when she used to go to college? Maybe I'm getting this wrong. I don't know. Whatever. It's the last year that um, our oldest is going to be, she's 17 right now. So she's going to be turning 18. She's a senior this year. And then um, that whole childhood model of being in public school um, will be done for her. So anyway, this is the last year of both kids in public high school. Their district here in Napa, California, where we live, um, students uh, have three weeks off instead of the what I've always been used to, the standard two. So already that kind of extends the life of the holiday season because instead of being out of school for two weeks, they're out of school for three weeks. And for myself, those of you who follow the show know I have recently begun substitute teaching, and I substitute teach for the same school district that my children attend, which meant I had three weeks without work myself. So uh, again, three weeks off, three weeks of the holidays instead of the customary two. Now, I entered that those three weeks with... Um, Great hopes of getting all kinds of things done around Sensational Manor, the home in which we live. Um, but I forgot to take into account that the first week was pretty much swallowed up by Christmas. <coughs> Excuse me. Very professional there. Uh, the second week was swallowed up by recovering from Christmas. And then the third week we had planned to go out of town because it seemed like a good time to take a trip because most other people were back in school, back at work. But we still had this final week protruding out there. So... Um, I wasn't exactly home to get anything done around the house, so I did nothing. None of the projects I wanted to do, none of the touch-up paint I wanted to do, none of the filter changing around the house that I wanted to do. It's still still all out there needing to be done. But what we did do is all kinds of holiday festivities, and I think I left you on the last episode I recorded, episode 96, um, kind of heading into the throes of the holidays. I, I think I believe I'd gone to the Hana Japanese restaurant holiday dinner, a, a yearly custom of my wife, Ms. Sensational, myself. I think we were just about to go to the Napa Cigars holiday party. Uh, uh, Napa Cigars being, a, I guess you call it a, what is it, a, a bar that we hang out at? A lounge that we hang out at? Um, here in Napa, we went to their holiday party. 
we had our, our family Christmas, which was pretty low-key this year. Just went to my mom's house for a while. We had uh, New Year's, which was also low-key. But anyway, we did all those things. But And then finally, for this family trip, for this last protruding week, we took a family trip to uh, Disneyland. Now, before you get all exercised, I know that um, individuals' mileage may vary when it comes to Disneyland theme parks. I, I feel like it's somewhat of a polarizing topic because, um, in my experience, people have all kinds of thoughts on Disney. You have um, individuals who are obsessed with it, like the super fans. That's not me. It's not really anyone in the family. No one is a Disney super fan. You have people who are just aghast with the idea of going somewhere where you have to wait in line for things, and why would you want to do that? I understand that. It's uh, not everyone's bag. Although, well, more on that in a moment when I describe what happened on this most recent trip. You have folks that are up in arms about Disney content for any number of reasons, um, bridging various uh, cultural and political spectrums. I know when I was uh, a youth growing up in... um, Northern California, it was very trendy to be anti-establishment, anti-mainstream, anti-corporate. So Disney was kind of a a uh, poster child for all of those things, which honestly led me to be more interested in it as an adult than I would have been otherwise. I went a couple times as a kid, whatever. It was fine, I guess. I don't really remember. But um, it was held up as such a boogeyman as such a uh, uh, demonic uh, icon in my young adulthood that whenever this happens, it's some quirk in my personality that that makes me want to be interested in the thing. So anyway, that's one perspective. Nowadays, there seems to be the perspective on um, kind of a different end of the mutant spectrum. If before I was uh, a... Describing the kind of uh, anarcho-punk left-wing mutants. Now, now we're going to talk about the uh, middle American uh, right-wing mutants. There, there's this trend now that Disney's now become kind of a scapegoat for some in those quarters. That it's like it's some symbol of uh, extreme, as they call it, wokeness. I don't know it, it, because like there's uh, a character was black or something. I don't. I, it's very it, as many things in right-wing pantheon are. It's very hard to follow if you're not in that world. I don't really understand what the hubbub is all about, but I do know that there is a hubbub, so if you're one of those, I apologize as well. Different strokes, different folks, different people like to do different things. Our family, the nuclear family, the four of us, have, over the years, occasionally enjoyed taking trips to Disneyland because it's something that's so outside of our everyday experience. It's something outside of what all four of us would normally do that we have a good time going down there. Is it expensive? Yes. Can it be annoying sometimes to be in lines, to be in crowds? Yes. But at the end of the day, eh, it's something to do. And what 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 else is life other than something to do until it all comes to an end? And so something uh, to do we did, I guess it was last week. It seems like it was like a year ago, but it was last week. Went down to Disneyland. And again, I'm telling you this um, because there are some stories from that trip, but also just because... Uh, I'm trying to uh, illustrate, illustrate just how extended the death rattle, the last gasp of the holiday season was for us this year. 
And so I guess before I get into entering the gates of the Magic Kingdom, I should also say that um, when it comes to the holidays, I've talked about this on, on the show before. I enjoy I enjoy the Christmas holidays. I know different people will celebrate different holidays. For me, that's what I grew up doing. Again, it's completely secular. It's just, uh, it, again, it's it, it adds some variation to a boring year. <laughs> there's a, There's one month out of the year that has some sick decorations that you pull out and put up around the house. And... Uh, uh, you get to do some some traditional activities that only happen once a year, and um, to that end, I mean, whatever, however, whatever form traditions may take, it doesn't really matter because I feel like that's kind of the ultimate aim of those traditions. So whichever one you happen to uh, be uh, living in the mold of, more power to you. For me. I grew up with Christmas, so I have no great, great attachment to Christmas, but that's just what I'm going to do because it's, it's I, easier than trying to look up what you're supposed to do to celebrate winter solstice or something. I don't know. But as much as I enjoy Christmas trees, eggnog, ornaments, nutcrackers, I even like Christmas music. I even like the Christmas music that I hate. I even, I, honestly, it's like one of the worst pieces of popular music ever recorded. And I probably have talked about this on the show before. In fact, I'm almost positive I did, even this year. But, you know, um, Sir Paul's... Um, simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Simply having wonderful Christmas time. One of the worst songs, one of the worst pieces of popular music probably ever recorded. I even like listening to that. I like hating it. I like disliking it one time a year. So as much as I like all of these once yearly traditional artifacts, cultural artifacts, when it's time for them to be gone, I kind of like to make a clean break. I like to um, tell them to hit the bricks, see you next year. I don't like it dragging out. I don't like it um, lingering. Um, I think it goes all the way back to childhood because I would feel kind of depressed once Christmas was over. And it was easier just to kind of like act like it was just kind of like a, a fever dream that didn't really happen and move on with life. Rather than this week we take down one group of decorations. The next week we take down the rest. And um, usually in my childhood, I think, yeah, we were pretty systematic about putting it all to rest pretty shortly after Christmas. As an adult, I've always aimed to get everything uh, buttoned up by New Year's Day, but that gets uh, sometimes uh, easier said than done certain years. And and then, yes, you end up in this, this strange half-life of like, you know, a melting Christmas is still in the house. Um, a few weeks after it should be. Um, but this year, with this extra week and with this trip to Disneyland, it was taken to a new level because it didn't occur to me when we got to Disneyland, um, and this was, uh, we were there on like January 3rd and January 4th, I believe. Their holiday celebration at the Disneyland theme park in, La- in Anaheim, California, goes till January 8th. So in both the main Disneyland Park and the Disneyland California Adventure Park down there, Christmas and all the other attendant winter holidays were still in full throat. You could freaking go meet Santa Claus in California Adventure should you have chosen to do so. I did not choose to do so, but I I did notice that you could go meet Santa Claus, which seems weird. What would you talk to him about, you know, over a week after the fact of this year and almost a year ahead of next year? 
seems like an odd meeting, an awkward meeting, but one could meet Santa Claus if one so desired. So anyway, we get there and Christmas music is still playing and several of the rides are reskinned to be holiday themed. Like if you went to the Haunted Mansion, it was like the Nightmare Before Christmas Haunted Mansion. So that was kind of cool to see these alternate versions of some of these rides, some of these iconic rides. But at the same time, it's like, no, this is supposed to be over. And this was somehow worse for me than just having a few decorations still lying around because it wasn't half-hearted. It was like in full throat. But I could not convince myself that the holidays were still happening. It's like, no, the holidays are over. This, is, this feels very fake. This feels very phony to me. Um, so I, I kind of cast a depressive pallor over this particular trip to Disneyland. I, I had a great time. It was great hanging out with the kids. It was great hanging out with Ms. S., had fun on the rides, but there was just something very depressing about it. And I guess it was also exacerbated by the fact that we were down there essentially celebrating our oldest child's last gasp of childhood um, in this last gasp of holidays that weren't even really supposed to still be happening. Um, not that it was like an uh, all negative, but I, 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 it, this is all just coming to me now as I'm speaking. There, were, there was a very uh, kind of a deathly pallor to this trip to Disneyland, and now I know why. Now I'm understanding why. It's, it was It was... Uh, a little too much, you know, uh, Disneyland is a magic kingdom down in Southern California, which is the land of phoniness, and it's all, you know, a construct, and it's all theater, but this was just a bridge too far. This was adding a little too much, uh, too much artifice into real life in a way where it was like being in a dream where everything seems like it's going well, but then you notice something out of place, something creepy. Um, that all of a sudden turns everything into a nightmare. Not that the trip went nightmarish. We'll get into how the nightmare actually came to pass um, in a moment here. Uh, because that's what I'm realizing now. I, I ended the holiday season through this kind of nightmarish lens, and I'm trying to trying to pull the pieces back together now. But anyway, again, not to, not to be doom and gloom. We did have a good time down there. Um, if you are someone that ever does intend to visit the Magic Kingdom... I cannot stress enough, I cannot advise enough, when you buy your expensive tickets to go to Disneyland, there's an upsell to buy whatever the gimmick is at the time that allows you to bypass certain lines for certain rides. They, they change the name periodically. Uh, right now it's called, I believe, Genie Plus. Um... But you pay this extra fee per ticket, and it's an amount of money that, particularly if you don't have a lot of money, it seems annoying that they're nickel and diming you for more money, but it's still, it's not like, it's not enough money that, it's an amount of money that if you have the money to waste to go to Disneyland, tacking on this extra fee is not going to make or break you. Um, I think it was like 30 bucks a ticket. I oftentimes see people... Uh, bristling against us, not wanting to pay this extra price, and then complaining about lines. Let me just tell you, we shelled out the extra money for this Disney Plus, and we did not wait in a single line for the two days we were there. Uh, it took like maybe maybe 15 minutes to get into every ride we went on. Because just they, when you have the gimmick, you can use an app, and you can set up a time to go on the rides, blah, blah. It's convoluted. I don't want to explain it now. But just, just should you find yourself in the position of spending the money that it takes to go there. Just uh, just uh, have a stiff upper lip and pay. Let yourself be juiced. Be a mark. 
be worked for that extra 30 bucks. And believe me, it will greatly enhance it. You just have to think about it as that's really what the ticket costs. They're lying to you that the ticket costs less 30 bucks less. It really costs what it costs plus 30. I will tell you though, I will tell you, um, the one thing that we did not allow ourselves to be um, juiced for, and your mileage may vary, there is a ride at Disneyland currently called Star Wars Rise of the Resistance. In fact, there's a whole Star Wars area of Disneyland now, if you haven't been in a while. You know how there's like Frontierland, Tomorrowland, blah, blah, blah. There's now, what is it? It's called like Galaxy's Edge or something. I don't know. It's this whole Star Wars-themed area where everything looks Star Wars-y. You look like you're on a set of a Star Wars movie. It's very well done. And there's two rides there. One of them is fairly mediocre, it's a Millennium Falcon ride, but Millennium Falcon, like not on the based on the old movies, based on whatever the new stuff is, and I haven't seen any of that, which we'll get to in a second. But um, it's essentially an updated Star Tours ride, and maybe I would feel differently about this ride if I had some kind of emotional connection to the more current Disney uh, Star Wars movies. But I don't know who the characters are; I haven't seen them. Um, I think pound for pound, even though Star Tours is moldering and aging over in Tomorrowland, I still think it's a better ride than. The uh, uh, Millennium Falcon, the one over in the new Star Wars section of Disneyland. In any case, th- that ride is you can get onto just like any other ride at this point. It's not there's no crazy line for it or whatever. The ride that still has a crazy line most of the time is a ride called Rise of the Resistance. I always want to call it Shadows of the Empire, but it's actually Rise of the Resistance. And I've been on Rise of the Resistance once. The last time I've been to Disneyland a while back. The gimmick, it was so new, you couldn't just get in line for it. You had to, like, the second the park opened, you had to, like, click on this thing and get a reservation to go on it, like, hours later. And um, I rode it that way last time. And I will say, it's an absolutely phenomenal experience. Um, one, of, one of the best uh, experiences that you can have at Disneyland. And I am not a Star Wars fan. We're going to get into that in one moment. But it, it's just, it's incredibly immersive, incredibly well done. I'm not going to spoil it for you if you haven't been on it. So I wanted to go on it again this time, but now that gimmick that we used to get on it last time doesn't exist anymore. Now you have to um, essentially use, this is very hard to explain, the Genie Plus thing that you pay for on your ticket covers most rides. It does not cover Rise of the Resistance. Rise of the Resistance, you have to buy a standalone lightning pass to uh, bypass the line. The standalone lightning pass uh, they won't tell you how much it costs because it varies by day, time, etc. When we were in the park, it would have cost each of us $25. $25 for one ride on Star Wars Rise of the Resistance. Resistance, easy for me to say. And I am just not that much of a Star Wars fan to be able to pay $25 for like a five-minute experience. Um, so I did. I did pull the pull the tight-fisted uh, American tourist on that one. Oh, they're trying to get money for me. I'm not going to spend it. Ah, and I'm not going to wait in any long line. So we just we didn't go to the Star Wars section this time around. But um, yeah, it, Star Wars is weird for me, and I, I, I full admission here because I think a lot of people out there in my age, my demo, are Star Wars fans. I don't really like Star Wars. I think I, I, I think I've said this on the show before. Let me let me clarify though. I don't dislike everything about Star Wars. Um, I played the Knights of the Old Republic uh, video game many years ago and thought it was absolutely amazing. Um, I, of course, played the heck out of all the Kenner Star Wars action figures when I was a kid, one of the best line of action figures ever made. But, of course, I was playing the stories in my mind about these 
characters, not reenacting what I'd seen in the movies. And I even liked the original three movies when I was a real little kid. Emphasis, real little kid. I've tried watching those movies since, and they are so bad. They're just, they're just, I mean, they look fine, but they're just narratively god-awful. They're boring. The characters are uninteresting. This is my personal preference, by the way. I'm not trying to run you down. If you love Star Wars, hey, man, you do you. But because of, and, and then the prequels are just even worse. Because of all that, I have never delved into the new movies. And I know the new movies are supposed to maybe be better. But then again, some people hate those too. I don't know. I don't know. Star Wars, I'm just not a big Star Wars guy. Never, never was, other than when I was real little. Probably never will be. So $25 for a single ride on Rise of the Resistance was not in the cards for me. But it is a great ride. And if you are a Star Wars fan, it's probably worth it. And if you haven't been on it before, maybe it's worth it. I don't know. I don't know. It's really, it's a really cool ride. Really cool ride. I wish it was about something that I actually liked, but hey, uh, can't always get what we want. So anyway, took this family trip, very odd feeling family trip. And again, it was odd feeling just being in this fake holiday zone after the holidays. We still had a good time, still a fun send-off for Miss Sensational One as we say farewell to her childhood, which has, has been a strange ride. We'll continue to get stranger as we get, uh, I don't mean her childhood has been a strange ride. I mean it has, but the, the, the closure of childhood has been a strange ride and will continue to get stranger. Um, but with the end of that trip, that finally, finally brought, brought closure to a long holiday season. So the other problem with the holidays being so drawn out is, um, if you remember on the last episode I recorded, if you listened to it, um, I described heading into the holidays doing a grueling week-long assignment substitute teaching for a middle school social studies class. And um, the entire time I was doing that week-long gig, all I could think was, doesn't matter how annoying this is, how tiring this is, how draining this is, oh, I've got three weeks off, baby, once this is done. But the problem is, when you put that much stock in a three-week break, you start to dread going back to real life. If it was only two weeks, it's kind of there and over, and you're already back. But three weeks, you're starting to get into this time period where by the final weekend leading into this week, the first week uh, back from the holidays, I was just like, man, I, on one hand, I'm so burnt out on this holiday stuff. On the other hand, I don't ever want to go back to normal life again. It's been too long. I've been here floating out in the, uh, the holiday ether. How can I possibly go back? Um, so I was, I, I was in a weird mind, mindset from the, from the extended holidays. I was in a weird mindset from the Disney trip and the, and the whole like strange feeling of being in like a, a black hole of like re, re, uh, living the holidays after they'd already happened. Um, and now I was dreading going back to real life. But I had one last weekend, and uh, I was going to spend it hanging out with uh, friends that I know here in Napa, friends that I've made at the old Napa Cigar Lounge. Uh, There's going to be a nice kind of chill segue into uh, back to real life, watch the final Raiders game of the season, watch watch them lose. Um, But uh, the final Friday... The final Friday of the three weeks off, I got a text from a fellow. I got a text from a fellow who I know from the aforementioned Napa Cigar store, Napa Cigar Lounge, I don't know whatever you want to call it. Um, 
asking me if I could help him move some empty wine barrels. This individual works in the wine industry, but this individual also uh, creates uh, uh, sort of like art pieces and such using wine barrel material. And I don't want to paint him in the wrong light because this individual also uh, despises um, conventional wine barrel furniture, art, so on and so forth, the kind of stuff you would usually see in Napa. So this stuff's a little bit different. It's like a... It's like a uh, uh, I'm probably I'm not describing it the right way, but let's just say it's like a deconstruction of your expectations of wine barrel furniture, wine barrel art, wine barrel material, material made of wine barrels. Anyway, he had some of these barrels. I don't even know if this is what he was going to use them for, actually, now, now that I think about it. But I, I know that that's something he does do with wine barrels. He'd asked me to drive out with him to this winery to help pick him up, load him in a truck. I said, sure, no problem. We drove out there, and, you know, this, this is someone that I would have, was going to be hanging out with later in the evening anyway. Thought it'd be cool, you know, maybe we'll get a jump on the evening, get this, get the head over there, you know, no big deal. Uh, he took me to go see the winery he works at. It was cool. We go to the place to pick up the barrels. We go to lift up the first barrel, and I don't know what I was thinking. These barrels are pretty big, but I was kind of, like, spaced out, and I was thinking about the the holidays and I was thinking about, you know, starting work on Monday and I go to help him heave up the first one. And I just realize as I'm lifting it up to the truck, I just have like a horrible grip on it. I'm not putting as much into it as I need to. I'm not holding it right. And I proceed to drop it. But as it's falling out of my grasp, I'm worried that I'm somehow, you know, going to drop it on him or break it or something, you know? So my instinct is to reach in and try to catch it. And as I try to catch it, I see it just kind of like bounce off my fingertips, which are laying on the bed of the truck. And I realize, oh, it's like the, hearkening to the holidays, it was the Christmas story when he sees the um, screws flying up in the air from the, the, the tire and he swears in front of his dad. I can't remember what they say to censor out the story, but it's like, oh, you know, that, that, I'm, I'm saying that, but I'm a swear word in my mind. We're not allowed to swear here on the network. Keeping it family friendly. But I'm just like, I think I just lost my fingers. Because it, it just the, the size of the barrel hitting the wooden truck, the, the, the bed of the truck, the, the wood of the barrel hitting the bed of the truck with my fingers in between it, just like this guillotine motion. And I looked down, and it doesn't really hurt that bad at first. It feels like I just kind of like, you know, stubbed a toe, but except fingers. And I was like, ah, but then I look, and there's just blood and the nails look all weird and uh uh it was just very i suddenly just felt out of body like i haven't had like a traumatic injury like that and as long as i can remember i mean usually lead a pretty sedate life so it just felt very odd and the fellow that i was with the friend of mine from the store went racing to go heroically get a first aid kit and he helped wash off my fingers put band-aids on them and i'm thinking in my mind i'm just gonna go home and uh you know Maybe put some more Band-Aids on them and then and head over to the cigar store. But he's like, well, we should probably go to urgent care, right? And I was like, oh, you're probably right. Because as much as in the moment the fingers didn't really hurt, I could tell they were not right. They were not something that I could just walk off at home, sleep off at home. But like the last thing in the world I wanted to do was to submit myself to medical attention. But at the same time, I realized... That is what had to be done. So uh, my friend from the store was kind enough to drive me to the local emergency room, wait with me at the local emergency room, where it was determined that um, I had fractured the tips of two of my fingers. And so um, I'm sitting here recording to this day, 
It's been that was Friday. Today is Tuesday. I still have them taped up and bandaged it up because I can't really like I can move the fingers, but I can't really use the fingers. It, it, they've never hurt that bad. I pretty much take Tylenol all day right now, and it keeps like general pain away. But if I push down on them or try to use them, that doesn't feel great. And they also look totally disgusting when I take the stuff off. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with the fingers. I have a, a video doctor's appointment with my, with my actual doctor on a. Uh, Thursday to find out if I have to do anything else. But here's the thing about that. The, the lesson learned about all that. So I was going to say, uh, I mentioned earlier that I, I, I already had a very strange feeling while on that Disney trip, kind of out of body feeling, a surreal feeling. And then the accident with the barrel and the fingers was even more surreal because it's like, how could this even possibly actually be happening? And I was going to say that like was added to this kind of like waking nightmare feeling that I've been having. Not that it was that bad. I'm just saying it's just... I've been, it's been a strange time in the Vegaverse, a strange time. Let me tell you, because also when that happens to the fingers and you're in your, your mid to late forties, it makes you think about other health issues, other mortality, you know, um, it makes you realize how fragile you are, how, how, uh, you know, and it's not like smashing your fingers when you're 20, you know, uh, some of the, some of the medical survey questions I've had to answer, uh, leading up to my doctor's appointment on Thursday, again, are just reminding me that, you know, I'm not, not getting any younger. Life is only, only heading to an end where other strange, disturbing, traumatic things are going to happen until life is no more. I'm sure some good will happen along the way too. I don't want to be too much of a, a, too much of a downer here, but anyway, um, I will say in the spirit of not being too much of a downer, there was an odd silver lining to the whole thing because uh, as I was hanging out with the individual from the store, um, as we were hanging out talking in the emergency room as I was waiting to be seen, uh, I think that's when it was. I don't know. At some point along the along the way, he mentioned that like, oh man, you know, I, I could have had this guy that like knows how to lift wine barrels <laughs> help me because I, I obviously don't know how to lift wine barrels. We now know, but uh, but yeah, but I just thought it'd be cool to go out there and be a chance to hang out, you know, because he and I have not really. I think that was the first time we'd ever hung out like outside of the store. And I was like, no, I totally agree. In fact, this was just like a, a great bonding moment. You know, I, I feel much closer to this individual now. And, and I was able to grit it through the emergency room. And later that night, we all hung out and had a great old time and hung out again uh, the following Saturday. So sometimes, sometimes um, a crushing injury can actually bring people together. And I, in this case, it did. When I entered... Um, the store Friday night after being at the emergency room, uh, a lot of people had already heard the story. People are coming up to me, patting me on the back. Hey, how's it going, buddy? And then you realize, you know, oh, these people know who I am. These people care about my fingers. You know, <laughs> it's a, what, what a wonderful world we live in, right? So, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, good times, bad times. How does that Led Zeppelin song go? I can't remember. In any case, the holidays are over, although they still have not fully ended because due to the finger situation, due to some other odds and ends, I haven't actually gone back to work yet. I have my first uh, job tomorrow, Wednesday. Monday was the first day I could have started taking jobs. Uh, I had to go deal with some medical stuff on Monday. Uh, today, Tuesday, um, I had to deal with some DMV stuff. Uh, finally took a job tomorrow, so I, I, I still have not jumped. I, it's like when you're a kid and you're going to swimming lessons and they tell you you just need to jump into the pool even though it's like overcast and cold outside and instead you're like dipping your foot in and like freezing. I, I've been doing the dipping the foot in thing when I really just need to jump in. Um, other last lingering 
holiday thing right in front of the computer where I record this show. There's been this freaking bag of holiday M&Ms that would not die. Would not die. And I'm sitting here in the new year. I'm trying to do the cliche thing of, of health in the new year, of less mindless snacking in the new year. And I've just been sapping off this bag every time I sit down here. And so today I just down the whole thing and it is gone. And with that, the 2022 Gino Vega holiday season is freaking dead. Until next time, it's me, Mr. Sensational Gino Vega, and I am signing off. Into the arena.